I'm so stressed. I don't know if this plan will work, and if it doesn't, I've doomed the whole crew and failed the biome, which could be humanity's last hope. There are only 57 species of animals left. Even though we are reintroducing more every year via cloning, the record of DNA we have will eventually be exhausted. If we are to have any hope of saving the biodiversity of our planet, this biome could be the key. We need to protect this biome to help ensure that we are custodians of this world and not its downfall. Ugh, I'm so stressed. I can't even do this audio log anymore. End of audio log 24. Yo, 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 what's going on, you guys? This is your favorite video game podcast, <laughs> the Sticky Buttons podcast. And we're here with another episode for you guys, a really special one here. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different games. Yeah, I'm just here for it, man. Super excited. This is Blake, and my illustrious co-host over here is Brandon. And we're <laughs> kicking it off today, the Sticky Buttons podcast. And I think you're going to kick it off, Brandon. There's a game that we're going to be talking about that, well, I don't know. Do you want to give the backstory on it or? No, you can go ahead and give a little backstory on it. And, okay. And, uh... So I guess like, honestly, it's, I feel like it was inevitable that this game was going to come to the podcast. I'm super jealous that Brandon has started playing it. We had some texts back and forth and it's on sale right now. So we were both going to pick it up and he picked it up before me. He didn't tell me he bought it. And I'm jealous that he's gotten to sink his teeth into it a little bit. But this is by one of our, I would say one of our favorite studios, Heart Machine. And this is their follow-up to Hyperlight Drifter, the follow-up by the entire whole studio called Solar Ash. So take it away, Brandon. Tell us about this game. I'm so excited, man. So I'm just excited to hear about it. If you guys are fans of the Sticky Buns podcast, you know that we are fans of a small indie developer called Heart Machine. We've got my heart. Yeah, and they definitely do have our heart. They are our hearts. Shouts out to them and the amazing people over there. So they, you know, they came together on the Unreal Engine 4 and they made this really, really dope game. Released it last year on December 2nd. And it's a platform. It's called Solar Ash. Check it out. It's on sale. It's currently, as we're recording this in the end of May 2022, Mm -hmm. on sale. In a PlayStation store. So if you're listening, you can probably catch it. And yeah, it's a great, great title. It's a science fiction adventure. I've only gotten to play the beginning part of it. I'm I'm still very lost as to like <laughs> the game and you know what's going on. I'm coming at it fresh. I haven't watched like any promos, any trailers, or anything. I just took Blake's word for it. And also oh, I know Heart Machine is gonna do a great job because I played Hyperlight Drifter. And, you know, I'm already seeing some similarities to Hyperlight Drifter as far as the art goes, as far as, you know, just just the feel of the game. Definitely some similarities there. And it's really fun. It's really smooth. On the PS5, I noticed that they definitely used the graphics, like the graphics capabilities on the PS5, because it does look really nice. And, yeah, I'm excited for Blake to play it. I'm excited to play it a lot more and really, you know, dig my teeth into it um solar ash ladies and gentlemen check it out yeah i'm super excited man i guess something that's a little bit different about solar ash than hyperlight drifter is hyperlight drifter was kind of like a top-down isometric view 
kind of an homage to Zelda-like games. And this one is kind of totally different. Like it's it's 3D. Then you use you control both your sticks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a modern 3D plat. Is it a platformer? Would you say it is a it is a platformer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exciting. I actually have not played very many 3D platformers, so I'm really excited. It kind of looks like the movement's gonna be a big part of this game. So I'm really excited for that. Watch some gameplay. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm going to buy it right after this podcast. I wish Brandon, because yeah, you would have told me, but it was, a little, it was a little surprise for me. Um, Blake is itching to buy it. I'm surprised Blake doesn't already have it, but, you know, Blake already yeah. has a lot of things to play. So, Yeah, I'm trying to make a list right now of all the games that I own so I can just know how many I haven't played. But I try to pick games up when they're on sale. And I just, I don't know, I like to like the hunt. I think it's kind of fun. But yeah, I agree. I feel like, what was I saying? Oh, have you, do you think that the movement of Solar Ash, have you gotten to experience any of that? As far as like, I definitely did get to experience the movement. I was playing around a lot with the, just the world overall, like the boundaries mm-hmm. of the world. I was trying to understand the physics. You kind of like experimenting a little bit? Exactly. You know, if I'm coming at something blind, I'm just going to throw myself out into the world. I don't really, I'm not really caring too much about like the progression of things. I, did a bad thing and I just like skipped all of the little cutscenes. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to get my hands on the game, on the gameplay. And it didn't disappoint. You know, I was there and I, I told myself I would just check it out. And I found myself just 15, 20, 25 minutes. And I didn't even really go very far. I was just exploring. I was just like, oh, I could hop off of this mountain and just land on the water. And like, I noticed that if I landed on the water, there would be like these little red bubbles on the water and I had to collect them. And just trying to figure out like how the meter works. It seems like there's a, a health meter. And every time that like you get hit, if you get hit once, you get spawned right back to like this portal hub where you started at. But that could just be this beginning area that I'm at right now. Because I'm telling you, like I'm at the very beginning. Like I've barely touched this game. Yeah, well, hey, that's fun. I mean, I think one, one thing you said at the beginning was that it's smooth. So it looks smooth. So it's good to hear that after like touching it, it feels that way. It definitely does. And on the PlayStation remote, you like, yeah, it, it pairs nicely with the remote. Especially you know, I, the movements that you're doing. I have noticed, like, kind of like a side note on this. I have noticed that the PS5 controller, it feels very smooth. The way that like when you're moving the sticks, like it doesn't feel like clunky at all. And I know that it's a really nice control- <laughs> controller and part of that's that it's new with the haptic triggers and it's a really, I don't know, it's a very premium controller that I feel like when I pick something else up, I notice now. Whereas like before I was like kind of all controllers are kind of one and the same, but I definitely don't feel that way after playing with the PS5 controller. Oh yeah, with that like the pressure triggers and just the overall attention to detail. You know, you can tell that they've been doing this for a long time. They have some great designers over there at Sony. So shouts out to them and, and kudos to the people at Solar Ash for just making a game that's very intuitive, very easy to navigate. I didn't need any, there aren't any instructions to my knowledge. They kind of just throw you into the world, sort of like Hyperlight Drifter. Um, and, and yeah, you just kind of need to figure it out. The travel mirror. Yeah, that's awesome. Hyperlight Drifter, you'll, or, oh, sorry, Solar Ash. You will probably hear some more from us about Solar Ash yeah. in the future. 
probably next episode. I don't know. I don't want to say too much anything. Yeah, right let's, not go, let's not go too much. Let's let's hop right into our next topic, Blake. Yeah, definitely. So I want to talk about this game. We've actually we've talked about it before, Brandon, and I feel like I just haven't done it justice. I feel like I've really been struggling to figure out how to articulate this game. And we've brought it up before. And I like truthfully, I've been playing it since last September. So I've been playing it a ton and it's really shook me, man. It's really been a totally new experience in gaming for me. And just like how to, to articulate that's been really challenging. So I'm going to tell you what the game is and I'm going to ask you what you remember about it. So this game is Eastward. And I know we've talked about it. Do you remember anything about that? Do you remember what this game is at all? Eastward. When did we, what episode do you know? Oh, I have no idea. I just know that I was super excited about it. And I said, I was excited for it one time. Actually, that might've even been on a Patreon. It's, it's the Shanghai. It's the one that's like, it's an indie based out of Shanghai, right? Like the people who mm-hmm. made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the artwork for that one. I remember artwork for Eastward was really, really dope. Yeah, and it, yeah I'm definitely going to talk about that a little bit for sure. An action-adventure role-playing game. What does it say? An action-adventure what? Role-playing game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I guess that, like, at its at its bare bones, like, it's an adventure game. It's isometric view, so you look down on the character, look down on the world. And, man, this is just, like, truthfully, I don't even know where to begin. Like, this, this game has just shook me, man. So I guess I took some notes, so I'll just go into this. So the game, it's an adventure game, and it takes place in this idyllic, pixelated, post-apocalyptic world, and it takes place in the East. And what they mean by that is Asia, and it's developed by a team from China, and it's actually just a team of 12. So 12 people worked on this. Wow. And this game is just like so homey and pure and joy and it just has this vibe. Like, you know how, like, when you walk through Chinatown and you just feel the warm lights and the smells and it just kind of feels, like, very warm and homey? Yeah. It, this this game is 100% that vibe. Like, it just has it that vibe to it. that. Mm-hmm. And I actually, like, this past year, I, for my birthday, my girlfriend did this. I guess she made, like, a dumpling tour for me. And we like went and tried out some different like dumpling places in, in Chinatown. And when I was there, just like walking through Chinatown, I was like, oh my gosh, like this reminds me of Eastward. And it just is like so wholesome. And oh my gosh, this game is, it's like touched my soul, man. And I just want more people to play it. I want more people to talk about it. And I guess to kind of give you a little bit about the story is you kind of just move through it in Actually, I don't even want to say anything about the story, but you kind of just move through it and you were constantly like you're on your own journey. You're on an adventure and you're constantly met with these these cute, silly, wholesome moments. And it just has the most jaw dropping pixel art I have ever seen. I've ever experienced. And I say this a lot. Like I, I know that we talk about art styles a lot on this podcast, this is truthfully the most beautiful video game I've ever played. And it just has like an excruciating level of detail. And I guess some examples of that are 
it just blows me away. Like you'll do something and it's like, I'm only going to experience this once. And they put so much detail into the, these like little moments. It's like, for example, you're in this post-apocalyptic world and the only way that you save is you come across these fridges and these fridges, they have like this cute little kind of like steampunk, like cartoony kind of thing on the top that kind of looks like a radio, but it's got like a little Antenna. Yeah, it's kind of like an antenna, but it's got like a screen on it. It's just like super cute. And I just like love the vibe of it. Look up Eastward Save Fridges, and I'm sure you'll find something on the internet. But every single one of these has a unique message. And you, when you talk to them, or when you save, you have to like talk to the fridge. And every single one of them has a different message. And I wish I had wrote down specifics, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad I didn't. But truthfully, like every time you save, like there's a lot of places where you only save once because you go to that area and then you move on with your adventure and you can never go back. And like (laughs) that save was unique. And it's just so cool that they have all these little moments that like so much level of detail went into this and I'm only going to see it once. And that to me just, it's just a level of quality that adds to this, this world that just makes it so immersive. And I've just never really experienced anything that is at this level of detail. I'll give you another example, Brandon. I was playing it this past week and I was in this, this shop. You're in this shop quite a lot. It's kind of like a rocket repair shop. And in the corner, there are these two lockers and there's a red locker and a blue locker. And mind you, this is all pixel art. So, I mean, like it definitely, it's not like incredibly rendered, but like, you know what it is when you see it. And I just like looked at it and I was like, this just looks like a locker that would be in like a school. Like, you know how it has like, like, you know, like, you know how they look like the lockers and they have like the bars at the top that you can kind of like the vents that you can see through. And then it's got like a little, some of them have like little dents at the bottom for where somebody like kicked them you know, or like where it's not opening and like people kick it and like, it has like the wear and tear of where the paint would start to chip a normal locker. And I just like was sitting there looking, I mean, like I'm just doing like a quest in this game and I'm just like sitting there looking at this locker. I'm just like, this is incredible. And then right beyond the locker or like some bookshelves and like every single thing on the bookshelf is unique. And there are like four bookshelves in this, in this area or in this room. And I was like, how many times do you go into a video game? And it's like there, you see bookshelves or you see shelves and it's like the same four or five cans just like repeated over in random order. And I feel like little things like that, like sometimes will break my immersion, but like in this one, I'm, my immersion is being broken. Cause I'm like, why is this so captivating to me? Yeah. It's truthfully like painstakingly detailed and I don't know. I just, I feel like that's just an incredible feat. I want more people to play this game. So I want to bring it up again. Eastward, like it's truthfully incredible. And like the music is, I kind of said, there's like this very homey and joyous vibe to it. Like you can't have that without having an amazing soundtrack. Like everything is just like pulling you in and it just, I don't know. The themes are very, although serious, they're, also themes of, hey, and like, we need to be nicer to each other. We need to be kind. And 
there is like joy to be found in, in just like the small things. And I guess a part of the story that I'll talk about, just because it happened to me that through my last playthrough, <laughs> there's a, patin- a pachinko casino in this post-apocalyptic world that you go to. And you're in this city called New Dam City. And because there's a dam protecting it from the waterways and the rest of the world. It's called New Dam City, which I just, I just think is kind of funny. And it's just like there's this casino where they have these pachinko machines. And it's just so detailed. You go and talk to everybody and they all have something to say. They all are obviously they all have they all have hopeless, they're hopelessly addicted to gambling, but it's like a post-apocalyptic world. Like of course they would be, like if they had this outlet, you know, like of course people would be like subject to this. And then like when you save in the pachinko machine, the message that it have is about greed and gambling and addiction specifically. And I think it says something like you may, or people are more likely to remember the one time that they won than the countless times they lost. Are you sure you'd like to save? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, just like that level of detail. And like, there's just so many quirky, fun characters and oh my gosh, it's just beautiful. And it just leaves you guessing like, what's the next like thing they're going to surprise you with? Yeah, truthfully, man. And I feel like in today's day and age too, the submersion of expectation or subversion of expectation happens in so many things that it's, I feel like it's really hard for you to be like, Oh, like I genuinely had no idea where this was going. I feel like that's really hard. I feel like that's really hard to pull off today. And it's definitely executed so well, just because it's such a unique vision. And I've just never experienced anything like that. And there are just so many things that you can do in this game. Like there's literally a game so it's called Earthborn. There's this game that you can play in this video game that all the characters are obsessed with, like especially all the kids. And it's called Earthborn. And obviously that's like a very clear, I guess, tribute to Earthbound. And it just makes me want to play. I don't know. I've never experienced Earthbound, but I think it's on the Switch Classic or Switch Online. So I, I feel like it's just making me want to check out new games that I've maybe never experienced before. And man, it's just like such a wholesome, warm and fun adventure game. That's like truthfully full of adventure. It's so beautiful. I mean, like truthfully, like the pixel art, it's the most beautiful game I've ever played. And I've just been playing it and I just don't know like how to articulate these, these feelings that I'm having. So I hope I did an okay job, but this is just a masterpiece, a truly indie gem. And you should totally check it out if you haven't. At the very least, Google this game just so you can see some of this incredible artwork. And Brandon, if you ever had the chance, pick it up, man. Because it's it's touched my soul, man. Love this game. I had to check that out. I also got to check out Earthbound because I you know, I was doing some, some reading and it says that Earthbound and uh, 2D Legend of Zelda were huge inspirations for Eastward. Yeah. I feel like I want to check both those games out too. Like, I feel like I really... I mean, we've kind of talked about this off the show, but we both, some of the games that we've really liked recently or in the past that we talked about on the podcast have been inspired by these old Zeldas that we've never played. So I guess, let me ask you this, Brandon, what's the oldest Zelda game that you've played? The oldest Zelda game that I've played would probably be Majora's Mask. Did you play that on the 3DS? Is that on the 3DS? I think they have a 3DS version, but I think they also nah, have... I played the OG 
the on the is it on the sixty four? Yeah, on the Nintendo sixty four, released wow. date April twenty seven two thousand. Yeah, it's actually that's on my list, but that's still that's a three D Zelda game, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it still is a three D Zelda game, so that's not it doesn't count as a two D one. Yeah, I feel like we should check out maybe check out like a two D Zelda game because I feel like we might really enjoy it. I did play part of that one on on the Nintendo Switch Online. I'm not sure how far I got into that. Yeah, maybe we should check some of those out, man. That might be that might be a fun. I didn't fun know thing that they do. remade that. I need to definitely play that. I think my uncle would love to find out that they remade this game. This is his favorite Zelda game. Majora's Mask. Yeah, Majora's Mask is really good. Have you ever seen Majora's Mask? It looks so cool. It looks super sick, man. I'm actually. They have the Majora's Mask in Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and I'm. I think you have to buy the DLC, but. I think I might buy the DLC so I can get that. I mean, there's a couple other things that you get as well, but I might do that because that, that seems super fun. Majora's Mask is so cool. I want to get the plush. I have that game on, on 3DS, but I haven't played it. But yeah, man. Yeah. There is actually, there's another game on, a Zelda game on the Switch that I want to check out. I think it's called Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah. Link's Awakening for the Switch. I think I really want to pick that one up. I've kind of been looking for a used copy of that, but I feel like that one might be something that that we might really like because that's a remake of an original 2D Zelda game that came out for the Game Boy. And yeah, it came out in 2019. So this it's a very new, a very new remake, and they did it in like the chibi art style. So I feel like we would really like that one. So maybe we should check that one out. I think I think that's a good idea. We should definitely right, check man. that out. But moving forward. Yeah, moving on. So I've been playing a lot of this game called Clash Royale. Have you ever heard of Clash or the, like the Clash franchise? I have. I just feel like there's so many. Like, is this a battle? I don't know. I feel like there's just so many of them. I never know. I never know exactly what they are, but I, I've definitely played one of them before. But don't they have like a, like a card game or something too or... Yeah, so what I'm referring to is the card game. Okay, it is. So it's developed by this developer called Supercell. They started with this series called Clash of Clans. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. That's what I played. It got super popular. It's like this tower defense game. And so Clash Royale is like a thing of like a mix of some of the most popular genres in the mobile gaming space so it's a free-to-play real-time strategy video game developed and published by Superstall. of course it combines elements from collectible card games tower defense and multiplayer online battle arena and that's man i gotta tell you it's a super fun combination i mean i i would suggest you, you even play it i think you would like it it's a fun game to play on the go it's super competitive yeah i'm actually looking for a new mobile game it's yeah Clash, it's, Clash royale yeah it's it's really fun you know you can play with friends and yeah i just get really competitive i've been playing it for a couple years now i guess like what's the premise of it are you just like playing against somebody else in like a card match kind of thing or yes yeah, so you get a deck of eight cards and you get i believe it's three minutes and there are three towers and you have to try and destroy the other person's tower so it's kind of like a strategy, a strategy game, but with cards that you're dealt. Exactly. Exactly. And so can I, you create a, like your own deck? Yeah, exactly. You wow. do. You create your own deck based on, I think there's 102 cards now. And it reminds me of just 
trading card games. I used to play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! as a little kid. So it definitely reminds me of just that, like thinking on the fly, you got this deck of cards, you have to make do with what you got. And it's really fun. Yeah, dude, I love card games. I like, I love board games and love card games. And I feel like I never really have like anyone to play with or um, there's never like the right setting for them. Cause I feel like it's something you got to like do in person, but it's also like, I feel like everybody's got to be like bought in, you know, to like play a card game, you know? That's true. Like that. And sometimes they can be expensive if you're getting into like magic or anything like that. But dude, get into Yu-Gi-Oh! I still have all my cards. We could duel, it'd be fun. Dude, I had I had a huge collection of Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. I gave them all away. Oh man, so you know how to duel. <laughs> no, I never learned, but <laughs> I had some really what? cool cards. I love the art on them, man. I would sometimes I just the pick them up, is- like go through the art. But dude, the, the art of the game itself is really like sophisticated. It's really cool. It's simple. But it's also really cool just like how the monsters fought each other and the strategy behind it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm ever going to get back into a card game. But I like the there are a lot of video games that are doing card game stuff because, like, you just pay the one-time fee. Or, I mean, obviously some of them are, like, pay to win, like, or you have to, like, buy the cards. But I like it when it's you can just pay for the video game and then you get all the cards. Like, I might check out Clash Royale. I think there was one card game that was on playstation plus a couple months ago that i definitely added to my library but i don't don't remember what it was i think it was slay the spire i think that's what it was i feel like maybe i maybe i should check that one out too but i might download this brain i'll let you know could we battle against each other or would we be like co-op against other people so we could totally battle against each other if we wanted to we could battle against other people we could do 2v2s and yeah, I think that's about it as far as like the multiplayer goes from the top of my head. There are regular tournaments that they hold and it's really just about skill. Like, you know, you, you got to be good at okay. the cards, but if you don't know how to play, you're going to get beat every single time. So okay. All right. It's fun. Yeah, I'll check it out, man. Maybe, maybe we can go toe to toe. We'll see. We'll see. I'm pretty, I mean, I've been doing it for years now. Does it take you a long time to unlock all the cards or to like unlock a competitive amount? Yeah, I still don't have all the cards and I'm playing for as long as I have. It takes a while to get all the cards and they very much do want you to like spend money, pay to play. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have to necessarily. I would say resist that as much as possible. Yeah. They just try, they incentivize you a lot to spend money. It's like Pokemon Go. Yeah. Which is what I'm going to talk about after you get into your next topic. Yeah, dude, I'm excited, man. We should definitely talk about some Pokemon Go in a sec. But yeah, moving on to the next topic. So the next game that I want to bring to the table, Brandon, is a game called Minute. And it's spelled M-I-N-I-T. Have you heard of this game? I have not. It sounds really, really cool, though. <sighs> man, so I absolutely love this game. I have. It's just been so much fun, and I've just like fallen into it. And it's a very, it's a very unique premise. And it's a very cool art style. So really quick on the art style, it's in black and white. And it kind of obviously very inspired by and reminiscent of Game Boy games, but not the Game Boy Advance games that we grew up with. It was the original black and white, two color toned Game Boy, the fat cartridge, fat Game Boy, Game Boy games. And it's Game Boy controls. So it's only A and B. Those are the only two buttons and you start out and it's actually, dude, it's, it's really funny. So you were like one of these 
So, you know, when in these Game Boy games, like there's only so many, I guess, like pixels and ways that they could make the sprite. And I guess like a famous example of that is Mario. They gave him a mustache because they didn't have enough pixels to make a mouth. Did you yeah. know that? I didn't know that Mario, that happened to him. Yeah. So I guess it's just like one of the limitations of the era. And that's like how he has stylistically how he became an iconic character. So, I mean, obviously the world of these, the world of games has progressed a lot since then, but to make, I think this game came out in 2017 and to make a game like this, I mean, obviously it's like very much a choice and you do it kind of like in honor of, you know, that genre and that style. And in this, this character has like a very dopey underbite that has like a very goofy, I guess like lip and mouth. Look up Minute really quick. It's called M-I-M-I-T. And you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's just like the main character is having like this like, or he's the, the character with the really long lips. And it's just okay, kind of like a, like a dopey kind of mouth. <laughs> the art also is very dopey and like very 2D sketch. Yeah, yeah, it's very like toony, yeah, like a toony sketch, black and white, 2D art style. And it's really unique. So basically you start out and you're just walking around and you find the sword. And obviously you pick up the sword because it's like, it's like a trope of these kind of games. Like you pick up the sword and then you see like a, a ticker in the, in the top corner and it's counting down from 59. And you go and talk to somebody that's standing next to the sword and they're like, Oh no, you picked up the cursed sword. Why, why did you do that? And then you can kind of just like proceed to use the sword to like hack down some bushes and continue exploring on the island. All the meanwhile, this 59 second timer is just ticking down. And then when it hits zero, you die. And you start out in the same spot that you started out before. But okay. now you have a sword. So like you picked up a cursed sword and you have a minute. But it's not really a minute because a minute is 60 seconds. You have a minute spelled with an I because this is how this game is spelled. So they, they couldn't put the U in minute. They put M-I-M. So the game is spelled M-I-N-I-T. So it's like yeah. minute, but it's shorter. So it's like 59 seconds. Yeah, I was Basically, wondering about that part. I was like, why is mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a little bit of a homage. It's also like, that's how it sounds. Like it sounds like minute, but it's also yeah. like a shorter version. You kind of have a minute, but like not really. So yeah, like you have to do everything within 59 seconds. And there are like all these tasks that you can do. Like you can go and if you pick up an item, like you always have that item or you can like go and talk to somebody. And like, for example, one of the things is like, I have to get some shoes so I can run faster, but they cost seven coins and I only have one coin and I found it from like searching in a dumpster. I had to like spend my whole minute to search the dumpster. So it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, you really have to prioritize how you spend your time. But then there's this person that it takes, no matter how you do it, it takes like 10 seconds to get to this person. And it's the whole dialogue is very much like it starts out. It's very slow. He's just talking to you about the weather. And like, you can leave the conversation at any point. But basically what you have to do is you have to like sprint to this old man, listen to him talk about like the dialogue and then his son. And he's like, oh, thanks for listening to me talk. By the way, if you take a left at this rock out at sea, you'll find a treasure and you can keep anything in the treasure chest. And I'm assuming that that's where the rest of those coins are going to be for me to be able to buy the shoes to walk faster. And it's like all these like little things that you can find. And there's this one area 
it was like a desert and I got to the desert and then I died. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to get through this desert. because It takes me like 50 seconds to get here. But if you go up in the desert, there's like a home. So you can like, basically it can take you almost a full minute to get to another location, but then you can go into another house and then you can start from your, you can start your minute at that next house instead of at the original house. So there's a couple different areas that you can explore but you have to do it within a minute. So it's like really fun because you're like always racing against the clock, but like you're exploring and finding new things. And it's just like, it's so fun. And I feel like these kind of games, like especially stylistically and it's black and white, like in today's world, it's hard to enjoy those kind of games and experiences, but there's totally still a place for it. And just I hate that. I mean, like, is it, it very much could have been this without the gimmick of you die after a minute and it would have been amazing. But the fact that it has that is just like an extra thing. And I think it makes it unique in today's day and age and totally worth playing, you know, in today's 4K world. And I think it's also like 10 bucks. So definitely check it out. This game is awesome. <laughs> It's such a cool concept. It definitely reminds me of like Disney animation early on. So it's a really cool little 2D play on, you know, on a game. It's it's interesting. I definitely got to check that out. Minute, M-I-N-I-T. Yeah, it's like an homage, but it's totally unique in and of itself. So it's very cool. It's dope. And it only took a minute to cover. So that's yeah. ironic. <laughs> <laughs> but moving on to our next topic, I'm playing a lot of Pokemon Go. As I'm sure you have, Blake, because you've been sending me a lot of gifts and stuff. Yeah. Pokemon goes where it's at right now, man. Getting back on that grind and just learning new stuff that I somehow never knew. Like, I didn't know that I had to hold. It's okay to not have so many Pokeballs. I had this like, yeah. obsessive need to, like, ration Pokeballs. I'm like, still, I have 500 Pokeballs and 300-something Great Balls, like 200 Ultra Balls. And it's oh, like, you man. don't need more, you don't need more than like 50 of each. Uh, yeah, yeah, box. definitely. I, then there's so much of this game is like storage management. So like, if you were holding those balls, you're doing yourself a disservice really. Cause then you don't have room for other things. But one thing that I think is interesting is that I definitely stockpile balls when I'm going to go outside the city. Cause when you're in the city, it's so easy to get new pokeballs. But like when you're in like the Midwest, they just don't have a ton of stops. Like if you're in a rural area, That's I mean, fair. it's just it's just a pain to get them, but it's just a different. I mean, we talked about this extensively on our episode, but it's just a different game outside of the city. But it's so fun when you're in the city, man. I don't know if in you the saw. City, oh, in the city is just really active. Like you could be sitting in one spot, and the Poke Stop will refresh like every five minutes. New Pokemon will spawn all the time, but yeah, it's. Pokemon Go is not really designed for suburban communities or rural communities. It doesn't do too well in those. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm going to be honest, man. I did something that, I don't know, I feel like I resisted for a long time. And then I was just like, hey, just do it, man. And I bought an outfit in Pokemon Go. Okay, which one did you buy? I bought the Pikachu jumpsuit or like the Pikachu, oh, yeah, Pikachu I onesie. I've seen you rocking that. Yeah, it looks dope. I actually, I really like it, man. I think that that is the, because I always see, what is it like the, when you're playing the games, there's like the Pikachu kids or whatever. And it's like, they only have like one Pikachu, but they're in like the, yeah, the Pikachu jumpsuit. Yeah. I always like, whenever they put the customizations in the last two Pokemon games, 
or the last three, really, I was like, oh my gosh, like they're going to be able, like, I'm going to be able to get one of those. I, I just want to play a Pokemon game while wearing one of those suits. <laughs> Aren't those called like Pokey fans or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's like, yeah, Pokey fan Mike. They're part of the Pokemon <laughs> fan club. Yeah. I'm super happy that I got it. I mean, like, truthfully, it was like five bucks and it's probably not worth it, but <laughs> I don't know, man. It's made me really happy. I'm actually looking at my character right now. And I don't know. I think it's awesome just to have, I'm just wearing a Pikachu suit, man. I think it's super cool. <laughs> I think it's super cool too, dude. I, I seen you rocking it. I got a little, I was like, dude, I had to change my outfit. I'm rocking Yeah, I noticed it. Man. You saw what I changed into? Yeah. Did you change into like the Legend Arceus? Yeah, the survey yeah. chorus. Since you know I haven't touched that game in a while, I feel bad. I had to do do something to redeem myself. I took threw on the survey court outfit. And you yeah, know that Brandon's wearing that stupid red hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that dumb red hat on. Oh. I'm rocking it too. I look it actually good. looks really good on your character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Garchomp thinks so too. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's sick, man. Just out of curiosity, the current Pokemon that you have is I guess your friend or whatever that you're walking with. How many kilometers have you walked with the, uh, your Garchomp? Where do you check that stat? Like the over, like the total? So if you click on, you see at the bottom left, there's like your, your little name and your rank. And then you can click on the Pokemon that you have that's like following you. And you can see how many kilometers you've walked together with them. I think it's your, I think it's called your buddy. You have to click on your buddy and then it says like today's activities and then you can swipe over and see like total activities. We've walked a total of 911.3 kilometers. That's so much, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. The current Pokemon that I have with me right now is Slowbro. We've only walked 470 together, but I had a, a Dratini that I turned into a Dragonite. I wonder if it says how many you've Oh, man, you've got me beat there, too. I walked 693 kilometers with that, that Pokemon. So, got me beat on all fronts, man. Yeah. Got right, to take some more steps, dude. <laughs> I know. I wonder, if it's, I wonder if it's working from home, man. I think I mentioned in the last episode I got blisters. And <laughs> yeah, you did say that. It's just you're uh, not used to just getting out there, man. Come on. Yeah. Got to go outside. I think that's got to be it, but... Yeah, man. Well, you care if I move on to the next one? Go for it. So this is actually also a mobile game. So this is three mobile games that we're bringing at you this week. Actually, I wonder if Minutes on mobile. Let me check really quick because I feel like it would be a great game that they could put on mobile. But we definitely are going to talk about three. Oh, yeah, it's not on here. But, oh, man, Minute, that would be a great mobile game. But it's on everything. It's on Switch, Steam. Pretty sure it's on Xbox and PlayStation, too. So check out Minute. But the, <laughs> I brought it up last week called Nightscape. Do you remember me talking to you about this game? I do remember you talking to me about Nightscape. I posted a TikTok about it too. So, hey, this would be a great time. If you haven't followed us on TikTok, check out our TikTok. I recently did something pretty cool with a DS Lite. I'm going to be posting some TikTok soon. And by the time that you hear this, you'll probably already see that. That's a pretty cool, pretty cool DS Lite related TikTok. But we've got a ton of TikToks out there on a variety of gaming things. So follow us on TikTok, share it with a friend, I guess. So check us out on TikTok. You can actually see a, a video about this game called Nightscape. I just wanted to say that it's been an incredible ride, me and Nightscape. I've been playing this game on my commutes and 
I guess basically just to refresh anyone, it's kind of like a mobile game, skateboarding game in the style of Game Boy games. And if the fur, like you can unlock things and like you can unlock different songs, different like palettes or what they call them. It's just like different colors of the world that you can skate in. And it's just super fun to like get some cool combos. And I've just been having a lot of fun with that. And I unlocked everything in the game. So I think it came out recently by a team of two, I think. So I don't know. Check it out. It's a pretty cool mobile game. It was like two bucks. I'll definitely check out the TikToks and share some of those. But what would you say is like the most challenging aspect of that game? Oh, it's not challenging at all. It's just all fun. All, all killer, no filler, all joy. I like those games. All pleasure, no guilt, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, it's like a bar and you tap the bar and you do a trick, but the scenery is kind of procedurally generated. So it's, it's really cool because what it does is it penalizes you for messing up a trick, but you, like, it doesn't stop your momentum at all. So like one of the things that can be challenging about skateboarding game, if you're like, oh, I was doing this sick combo and then I just like messed up this last part. I'm like, not only do I lose the combo, I have to like start all over and it just doesn't have any of that. It's very much like fluid. And every time you do a trick, you get a points associated with it. And if you do two tricks in a row, you can get a multiplier. And then if you mess up a trick or if you hit something, it takes points away from you. So I've definitely been in a situation where I've gone like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm about to beat my high score. And then I just like have like a bad 30 seconds and like hit everything and just like mess up a bunch of tricks. And I'm like, I'm down to zero. Like I literally went from having like a high score to like, I have no points anymore. Like I'm just practically starting fresh and it never really like feels bad though. Like that doesn't like, that's never frustrating just because it's just so fun. It's very chill, very lo-fi kind of experience and it has you unlock different songs as you go. There's three different areas. There's like a seaside, a forest, and there's like a, oh my gosh, what is it called? Oh, it's called Robot Aquarium. And oh, that's dope. That sounds really cool. Yeah, they're really cool. They're really cool landscapes. Like the aquarium, the third one that you unlock, it's kind of just like they're robots kind of like cleaning up messes in this like underwater aquarium but like it's very clear you're at the bottom of the sea and there are like big sea creatures looking in on you so really cool i would say that the forest probably has the highest like skill ceiling but it's like kind of like spooky too so like you can like do tricks off of like woodland spirits that are floating by but they're not That sounds interesting. Yeah, it's cool. So, but like this, the the spirits are all like spherical orbs. So it's not it's not like ghosts or anything, but it's wow. more like I, I guess spiritual and spooky. I guess. So check it out. It's called Nightscape. It's on all mobile platforms. It's literally like three bucks. It's so much fun. Check it out. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, Brandon? I think I'm good to wrap up this episode, please. Well, Brandon, before we do, I got one more thing to talk to you about. Okay. I know you saw it on the notes. Brandon kind of rolled his eyes at this one a little bit. Yeah, I did. Not only did he roll his eyes, I've brought it up to him three times. I think we talked on a call and he didn't even acknowledge. I like said it and he didn't even acknowledge that I had said it. So <laughs> I feel like I've gotten up a field battle here. It's clearly on the notes. He wants to wrap it up. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I want to tell you about this game. You've probably heard of it. It's called Fortnite. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
I've actually, I've been playing this a, a ton over the past week and I've been having a lot of fun with it. And they did something that, that changed it up for me. Or well, it, it changed up the game and it changed it for me. And I've just been having a blast with it. So what they did is they took building out. So you can play Fortnite without building anymore. And is there a game mode? Yeah, it's like a permanent game mode where there's just no building. That's dope. That's interesting. Yeah. How have you been liking that? Oh, I absolutely love it, man. Because that's one thing that I didn't like about Fortnite. I always liked the, I don't know, Fortnite definitely has that, just that vibe where it's like, I can play this for 15 minutes or an hour and it feels like it doesn't really change because you're just like dropping in, having a good time, doing some looting, doing some shooting, and then like maybe you die or maybe you go forward, you know? And it's like a very cool, something that I have that as of playing it now, all the, there's so many character skins that is, it is just incredible. Like I, I truthfully do not see duplicates of the character skins. And when I first started playing it, I guess like my old account, I had to like reactivate my old account from when I was in college. What the? When I played back then, like everybody was doing the default characters. Like I remember I had played it for a while and I was like, oh, I'm kind of done with this. And that was when they started their first season. And they're like, oh, they have skins in Fortnite now. Like, isn't that so cool? I was like, yeah, but you have to like pay for it. Like, I don't, I don't think it's very fun. And I feel I totally bounce off of it. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of the same, but when they took building out, what they did is they literally removed a barrier. It's like, it's, it's just so much more fun now because you'll just jump in. I didn't even know this. You can like drive around in cars now and they have like, you can jump on boats and the boats have rocket launchers. And there's just like so many cool things that just make it fun. And it's like you, if you get into a firefight, I feel like I'm winning a lot more than I used to because it was like, oh, I see somebody. If I shoot at them and miss, they're going to like build a wall around them. And then I'm kind of like, oh, well, I'm kind of skilled out. Like, I don't really know what to do. But here it's like, oh, like I saw him, I missed, but I'm going to get him. And I, I go and get him. So it, it's so right. much fun, man. And I knew I was going to jump back in and give it another try because I heard that this no building mode was fun. And then it was kind of a culmination of I'm a big Obi-Wan fan. I haven't watched the any of the show yet, but I just love Obi-Wan as a character. And they put an Obi-Wan skin in Fortnite. And I was like, I'm just going to buy it. I like Obi-Wan. I'm going to buy it, play for a couple hours and see how I like it. And I think it's here to stay, man. I think I'm going to be playing this for the foreseeable future just because it's I'm having a lot of fun with that. No, no building mode, man. It's like a third person shooter multiplayer game. It's like. Call of Duty, but in third person. I think you sold me. I had to get back on it and, and jump on a couple matches with you. No, dude, have we you, would we'd go far, man, because it's it's fun. Have you won any? Have you like? I got third. Oh, man. I was playing by myself, but that's still pretty impressive. I won back in the day. I actually, so I did get a third yesterday. I was playing a little bit yesterday. So I have gotten two thirds, but I haven't gotten that dub since since I picked it back up again. So. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get on so we can get you that dubski. Hey man, it's fun when you play two people too, because then you're they have like a duo, so like you know that everybody's gonna be a team of two. Okay. And I think that they even have it a little bit like Apex now. Let's say this happened to me the other day. I was playing with a friend and I very stupidly fell off something and I died. And they were able to like pick up my gamer tag and put it into a Jeep, and the Jeep put me back out. 
but I mean, it took like a long time. So it's like, if you die, it's not like totally the end. Like you do have a shot at getting the other person back. So that's something that's nice and fun. So yeah, Fortnite, no build mode. I don't know. Maybe it's here to stay. Maybe Brandon and I will jump maybe, into it. Yeah, maybe we'll get back on Fortnite, make some TikToks. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. I think just being on TikTok is enough for us. Maybe we'll post a Fortnite TikTok just to do it. We'll see. That's in the works. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue to tell you guys to check us out on TikTok. Check mm-hmm. us out on Instagram. Share. Check us out on Patreon, please. Um, YouTube, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Share with a friend. Leave a like. Yeah. Comment. Subscribe. Yeah, definitely. Truthfully, the best way to help us grow or the best way to help us out at all is to just share it with somebody that you think would like it. We're totally word of mouth spread right now. And, you know, we're really proud of what we're doing here. So if you could help us out and share it with a friend, that would really mean the world to us. If you'd like to go the extra mile, obviously check out our Instagram or TikToks or YouTube. And then if you'd like to support us financially, we do have a Patreon. And thank you to all of our current patrons. It, it means so much to us. And I think maybe you'll see something there soon from us. So keep an eye on our Patreon. All right. I think I'm good to end it up, Brandon. Anything you want to say? I'm good to end it up too. Peace in the streets. Bye.